Welcome to the Sonoma County Young Democrats podcast. My name is Lewis, and I'm the chair of Sonoma County Young Democrats. And we have Kevin Fan, vice chair of the Young Dems. Ooh, and also Representative Mike Sells, 38th district. Superb, awesome. So, um, Mr. Sells, we we wanted to get you here so that we could just know more about you. Obviously, on the surface, you are a longstanding representative uh, in Everett's 38th district, um, and somebody who's been just a great contributor and very consistent person in the Democratic Party. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, yeah, I, uh, my background is in education. I was a teacher uh, in the Everett School District and the president of the teachers' union for 18 years and then went to work for the Labor Council after I left education. I did that until uh, 2014 when I retired, but I was also serving in the legislature starting in 2005, and my main issues were around education funding and uh, workplace rights. Great. That's awesome. We're just coming off of the blue wave. How do you think it went? Well, you know, I mean, it was a great increase. Uh, probably wasn't as big as I had hoped, actually, in some ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the other hand, uh, we're looking at 58 to 57 in the House, up from 50, which was pretty tight, and then, uh, what, 28 in the state Senate. So it'll make things supposedly easier to move. But I've learned <laughs> from experience uh, that sometimes when you have tight controls it you almost get more done for some reason really? i think it's sort of the discipline thing what do you think that is well part of it is uh, we had been in a situation where the other party controlled the senate mm-hmm. so everything was blocked up and plugged and when we took over that senate with that one vote it was like a flood blew through that's right that's at right. that point even though it was a short session it'll be a little bit uh, more complicated uh, this next session what are you looking forward to on this next legislative session? Well, n- a number of issues, uh, especially since I chair the Labor Committee. We'll be talking about wage theft issues. Uh, there may be up to three bills on that. We'll be talking about uh, trying to curb non-compete agreements. And I don't know if you know much about non-compete agreements, but a lot of people in a lot of uh, work are signing those things nowadays. It's almost gotten out of hand where... Even sandwich workers are signing uh, non-compete agreements in New York. So that's um, where a tech company, say, makes them sign a non-compete agreement. So if they leave that company, they cannot work for another tech company? Yes. Wow. Um, that's a good example of it. And one of the most egregious examples happened in 2012. I received a letter from a, a woman who had been hired as a temp at Microsoft and uh, the project ran out, so she went to get a job in her profession, and they said, we're sorry, you have a non-compete agreement. So we're trying to figure out there's got to be a better way to do that. When we've tried to run the bills before, uh, we've had security guard companies come in and say, you can't do that. I talked to somebody from a tire company the other day uh, you know, that changes your sales tires. They make their people sign non-competes, and... Really? There's just a lot of that out of there. A lot of people sign it and don't even know that they signed it. Uh, Hairdressers, for example. Uh, We've had examples of that. And we'll be looking at that. We'll be looking at the issue of who is an independent contractor and who is an actual employee. And the difference being, if you're an independent contractor, quite often they don't pay Social Security on you. They don't pay on a lot of things that an employee would get. And we need to tighten that up a bit. That's just a couple of things that will be looked at on the Labor Committee. 
So is that a result of the recent tight job market where people have been looking for better opportunities or is that just something that's been happening and now it's, it's been happening worse? and growing for the last 30 years? Wow. 30 to 40 years. You've watched it where they hire people and say, oh, suddenly you're an independent contractor. Quite often we'll have the Department of Labor and Industries look into it and they'll say, no, they're not. They're actually an employee. So you get a struggle. We need to tighten it down a bit. Oh, okay. That's, obviously, those are issues that uh, we're glad that you're championing. So definitely thank you for that. Tell us about other things that are going on with regards to labor. I know that here in Snohomish County, there's currently uh, a proposition or an opportunity to create a pipeline from high schools into the trades. Tell us a little bit about that, I'm sure. Well, I've been uh, working with County Councilman Nate Nering, and he's done a wonderful job of organizing the issue to create a regional apprenticeship program in line with the Marysville School District. They've said they're willing to work on it. In fact, at 3 p.m. tomorrow, I think they're doing some tours over there about uh, what can happen. And he's put together people from all across, labor, business, and everything, to try to do that. I will probably be running a bill next session. We'll be looking for some funding to get it going. Great. That's great. Yeah, I know that um, that's one of the, the issues of our generation is the student loan debt. You know, we've been... We've been told since, you know, grade school that college is the route to go. Um, but there's such a missed opportunity with the trades that it's just really important. That there's, there's opportunity everywhere. And we've been discussing a little bit during the interim the whole issue of can you uh, create sort of apprenticeship and interning programs in other areas, tech sectors and some of those. Uh, the difficulty being in the tech sector, it's not well organized in terms of labor. Right. And uh, if you really want to build a good program, you want to be talking with the practitioners and not have, building something from the top down. But we will be talking about some of those things in higher ed, which has changed its name, by the way, this session. It's called College and Workforce Development. Really? And it was one of those things that I asked for several years ago. I said, all of these other programs are higher ed. They're all higher ed. Apprenticeship programs, interning, it's all about finding ways that people can educate themselves and sustain themselves down the road. Absolutely. So those will be under discussion, and one will be my regional apprenticeship program, or should I say uh, Councilman Nering's program. Great. Is there anything that, that you want to talk about, maybe let your voters know? Well, we'll be t- discussing wage theft issues. There will be about three bills, because uh, that's been a problem over the years about people getting actually getting their pay. And so the Attorney General's office may have one. The State Labor Council folks have asked about one. And the Carpenters Union has a much narrower one around the construction trades. That'll be one issue. The service employees will bring to us, uh, and the business community has expressed some interest, something called portable benefits. As people over the years have lost their pensions and the whole thing has gone away, what do we do to replace it? And what would it look like? That'll be the conversation around pensions. Maybe it's a type of pension, but you have to ask the question, what it looks like and who governs it. Thank you. Interesting. Yeah, that's a that is a big issue um, as well for our generation. Pension doesn't exist for us. We gotta we gotta make it ourselves. Um, yeah, and a lot of people have gone to four hundred one k's, and what they're relying on is their own individual figuring out how to move stuff around the market, and the market's so volatile. Pensions have boards that have a fiduciary responsibility to make sure they're growing. And even in bad years, they tend to grow to make sure that the money's there to 
move on. There have been some cases where pensions have gone bust, uh, like the central state uh, Teamsters pension and some of those others. But mm -hmm. for the most part, it's a much more solid way to be able to re rely on retirement when you get to be that age. More like Social Security. Which is another volatile thing, but hopefully not. I mean, I, just well, it, it's on. not volatile if they fund it, right. Social Security. And part of the problem with Social Security is what I call uh, capping at a certain uh, level that you pay into. Mm -hmm. And those people way that are paying, making a lot more money, aren't paying beyond a certain level, but they get out the of the system thing. if they retire. So, uh, what we really need to do is talk about what's called scrapping the cap. Okay. And that would. Uh, I think continue to solidify uh, social security, especially with the growing number of us that are retiring. It's great. I know that I had to learn personally about, about having a 401k and moving money around. I'm just now dabbling in. Well, when when you get out of college or high school, you don't think about those things. I didn't think about even social security until suddenly sure. I came around to retirement time and I was blown away about how much was coming back right. to me in the system. Uh, without it, I, I don't know what I've done. Right. Yeah. Oh, I mean, a lot of people are thinking about student loan debt, you know. And, and th that's the next thing is mm -hmm. dealing with tuition. I know there's been some efforts, uh, especially Representative Paulette on the higher ed committee, to talk about moving away uh, from tuition at least in the first two years. Uh, we've got some states talking about tuition-free years, those kinds of things. Uh, I mean, it's just gotten to the point of absurd when you have at the low end twenty five thousand to at the high end ninety thousand dollar debts. Yeah. And if you wanted to go into some of the higher professions in the medicines, it's yeah. almost uh, out of the realm of thinking. After that, you can't buy a home or a car or whatever. So another issue our generation's been facing is the opioid crisis, and we've been seeing a splinter in how to help the issue. There's like. Seattle having their needle exchange programs, and but then Snohomish County bans such programs. Is there any leadership that we could be seeing from the state level on yes, this issue? Yes, from uh, Representative Peterson down in the 21st District, you'll see some uh, work on the opioid stuff. But part of it is a lot of the people that are really having the problems with it need to be located somewhere in a home. And it's a part of the homeless problem. And until you can get them there, then you can't get the services to them to help them get out from under the problem. That's that's part of it. So we'll be looking at housing issues, I'm sure. I don't know how much we will be able to put into it, but uh, we already have uh, some capital budget money for the city of Everett on housing, housing hope, hope works, some of those things. But you have to get, it's called the Utah model, by the way. Hmm. You have to get people housed before you can get services to them. Because a lot of the opioid problem is is on the streets. Yeah, yeah. Good. I think we, we see that every day. You know, I'm actually flabbergasted. You're very you're a very concise and very knowledgeable individual, and I'm um, I'm, I'm humbled. Well, sure. Thank you. That's uh, nice to say, but uh, maybe I baffled you with BS. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything else that we should be looking forward to? What's going on in the legislature, that's one thing. Obviously, what's going on here around Snohomish County is another thing. I mean, Well, it always comes down to revenue and budget okay. in the end. I mean, you can pass all the kinds of wonderful things you want, but if you don't pay for it or can't, then it doesn't help. So what we're seeing is an increase in the revenue coming in, but we're also seeing huge increases in the expectation of what we have to spend out just to maintain. Uh, one of the bills we passed was to move school employees 
last session into a benefits board at the state level to take it out of the hands of the districts. It was and the money they were putting into it put it there. It was supposed to be revenue neutral. It, we're now seeing it's an eight hundred million dollar cost. And while revenues have gone up, you know, close to a billion, mm -hmm. some things just wipe it out. Yeah. So we're going to look at revenue. Um, you have those folks on the right who are saying lower taxes, especially sales taxes. Mm -hmm. If you look at the Freedom Foundation, they're pumping on that hard. Mm -hmm. There's other others of us saying we need to look at the capital gains tax mm -hmm. and get something passed. The right wing will say no, it's that's a income tax. Mm -hmm. um, and some of us are saying capital gains and offset some of the. Uh, amounts of money or the increases we did in property taxes to fund K-12. So we'll see how that goes. It's going to be a bit of a kind of a struggle. And I'm glad I got my seatmate, uh, Representative Robinson, as the vice chair of appropriations. Great. She will be working uh, those issues very hard, trying to find what's the balance around that. I've been hearing a lot that the regressive tax system in Washington State, while it's working for us now, it's going to become an issue. What is it? Regressive tax system that we have. With the corporate. <clears throat> it's corporate been, when, well, when you get down to it, it's been, you know, the incentive taxes, those kinds of things. It's been an issue for 30, 40 years. You know, we keep bringing it up. We had the, the tax exemption for Boeing, uh, which I actually voted for years ago. Mm -hmm. My seatmate came in with a repeal on some of that stuff. It wasn't successful. Mm -hmm. uh, we keep talking about, you know, can we take a look at some of those exemptions and cut them down because there's so many. And we do have a process at the legislature where the uh, you, they've done what you call uh, audits on that and looked at it. And a number of them, it's always interesting to look at these audits and they'll say, we can't figure out from when those things were originally passed what you were trying to do. Oh, wow. And so you end up trying to go after that, but the minute you do, there's always a constituency that comes in and says, oh, my God, we need that, or we're going to leave the state, or something's going to happen. Right. It'll hurt things. Yeah. Um, it's, a t it's a tough one, and we've cut a few, but it hasn't been that many. So sounds like we need to get June Robinson on here, too, to understand the appropriations. Um, I feel yeah. like this region has so much dependency on these giant companies like Amazon, Microsoft, Boeing, that if they just left... Like, we wouldn't know what to do. <laughs> well, we'd be like some of the Midwest states. Exactly. Uh, that are facing uh, a real struggle around what they do. They've lost their manufacturing sector for a number of reasons. Mm -hmm. uh, some of it's trade. Some of it's uh, robotics. Mm -hmm. Some of it's just moved out of the country where yeah. it's cheaper to do labor. That's right. That's right. And needless to say, those, you know, I've been, and it's you could tell, you could see the, the, the gaps in in the economy where they used to be filled, so. Well, it's made a big difference. You know, if you're Democrats, it's made a huge difference in the election, Pennsylvania, Ohio, mm -hmm. and uh, Wisconsin, and uh, somewhat Illinois, not as much. Our, um, especially Ohio, were manufacturing uh, dependent states. Right. And they've lost that. And exactly. nobody has been able to pick up and say, we have an alternative for you. Mm. And there's just a lot of angry folks there. So. One of the things, so you, I'm sure you're familiar with 1631, which was the, the initiative carbon tax um, that did not fare well um, to the voters. Climate change and 
the, the smoke that we got last year and, you know, the, the just the looming and uh, surmounting issues of uh, climate changing. Um, is there anything you know of in the legislature that will um, that will maybe help or remedy some of that? Or? I think there'll be some. I think Gensley uh, had a, a press conference today to talk about some things. I don't think you'll see uh, carbon tax well received at this mm-hmm. Particular point in time. It's a complicated issue, Absolutely. and you try to explain that uh, to people. It's like s- explaining alternate side of the street parking to a cranberry. Right. You know, I mean, it's just, it's just, you know, I look at it sometimes and I go, I'm not sure I quite get this, but I think I do get this. Right. Can you imagine the average voter opening up a pamphlet for the first time, mm-hmm. and you look at it and they go, Yeah, it's tax, but I'm not sure what it does. You know. Right. Is there anything on the, um, because I know Everett recently passed a rezoning um, for for the downtown sector to allow buildings, I think, 25 stories or, mm-hmm. or so. Is there, I mean, is there any connection between that and what the legislator, legislature will be doing this? Uh, well, well, you always look at, uh, I, I doubt that we're going to be doing much with it. I mean, it's, it's a local control issue. Mm-hmm. And Everett was looking at the growth and density. And if you're going to create a transit-oriented community, that kind of thing, you do have to create the density in it. And downtown is the place where it probably ought to go. And I say that having my neighborhood directly impacted uh, because it has sort of a historical section, and the neighbors got upset. And we talked with the city council, and they moved a small section out over there off of Pacific. So it's it's always going to cause some issues and some problems. But if you want to have a good transit-oriented or a way for people to get around, you're going to have to have more density. It just is simply there. You can't keep doing the sprawl thing, right? And because you can't afford the roads, and it's right. to do it. That's true. Well, I mean, and that leads to, I mean, just to segue into one more issue is um, ST3 um, or the Sound Transit, um, the, the light rail expansion. Um, how do you feel about that? Well, we're going to have to. Yeah, I mean, something has to give and be done uh, at some point to get the transit up here and down to Tacoma. So I've been a great supporter of uh, ST3 programs. I'm a little frustrated with how it played out in terms of the uh, taxes. I think my license was 625 the last time uh, for my car. On the other hand, we voted for it. And so I'm going, okay. So when it comes to looking at trying to mess around with that, I'm a little bit reluctant because I don't want to make Make it so they don't come, right, right, so that it's cut out that we lose that that kind of support. Um, ideally, somewhere down the right line, if we ever get a good Congress, we'll be back to where the federal transportation is putting some money into it too, mm-hmm. like they did with the old the Marta in Atlanta, which supposedly would have come to Seattle if we voted for it, or the BART in San Francisco. Right, right. Yeah, remember we voted that down, and now we're into that old line about pay now or pay more later that's right. and we're paying more way later that's right. So. That's right is there anything that the state can do to pass like a statewide plastic bag ban like Everett just did or does there it have to deal. be a, okay okay um, awesome I, I, maybe strong peterson again right. um you know i mean you're going to get a reaction to that I, i've sat and listened to my wife who even reacted to it which surprised me that kind of thing I think there's a lot of us that rely on it for uh, taking out the kitty litter, quite frankly. So but, <laughs> yeah, that's true. But so I, true. I'm, I'm <laughs> one of those that takes every plastic bag, puts it in another big garbage plastic bag, and then goes over to QFC and puts it in the bin and recycles it. Yeah. 
but I think I don't think people really get the how big the issue, the problem is. And all you have to do is take a look at the June 28 and 18 National Geographic and see this front picture. It looks like an iceberg floating in the water. Right. It's a plastic bag. Yeah. That's not, it's a huge issue. It is. And it's an issue more of areas where we have large populations. Mm-hmm. A lot of people in eastern Washington and some of those are going to go, why? You know? Right, but they also don't have the water and the, the kind of ecosystem that we yeah. have on this side, too. So. But you've already got Olympia doing it. The city of Everett just passed it. Right. city of Seattle. So you're going to see that kind of thing. It might You might as well do it statewide. It's There's so many issues point. with it, too, that people don't understand. Like the microplastics that end up going into the ocean. It yes. replaces our sand in the beaches. Yeah. Like, through bioaccumulation, we can end up eating it. It's so much. It's dangerous. <laughs> And what you're doing is you're changing a habit. And once people get a habit, it's difficult to get out of it. I'll give the grocery stores credit. They've been handing out um, reusable bags. You can buy reusable bags. It's just as easy. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what my wife does, and that's what I do all the time now. So you're not One question stuff. that my uh, girlfriend had was that, are they still going to have plastic doggy bags at the parks? <laughs> well, that's what they do. You carry uh, the doggy bags, you know, the plastic ones. I don't know how they'll change that. But. Oh, that's, that's a good question. Uh, well, you also have biodegradable type plastic bags. I use it for uh, throwing it in the uh, food bins stuff. Yeah. And you can buy them. I think they're made out of a corn base of some kind, and they break down really quickly. Uh, we just want to thank you for your, your continued service to the 38th and the state of Washington and Democrats, Democrats are bound. So. All right. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Yeah, good luck. We want to thank you all for listening to this episode of the Snowco Young Dems podcast. We want to wish you and yours the best this holiday season and a happy new year. Also, as an update for our listeners, the Snohomish County Young Democrats had a successful recruitment event on the 15th of December. We want to give a big thanks to Sully's Pizzas and Calzones in Muckleteo for the tasty pizza and warm hospitality. Make your way over to Sully's in the new year and enjoy their tasty food and drink menus. We also had a successful reorganization where me, Lewis Harris, was retained as the position of the chair, Kevin Fan as vice chair, Michael O'Gorman as the secretary, and Karsten Glanz as the sergeant of arms. Please join us at our next general meeting taking place on the third Sunday of each month in 2019. Details about meetings can be found on our Facebook page at the Snohomish County Young Democrats. We have some exciting things coming up to with the organization in 2019, so please stay tuned.